0: I'm Kevin DeCristofano, and welcome to a special solo uh, version of the Ninja Turtle Nerds. Sean is going to get his thoughts from Mutant Mayhem to me eventually, and then I'm going to upload that as a separate episode. We unfortunately weren't able to see the movie together. We don't live in the same area, so uh, that just wasn't something we were able to do. But we did both see it this weekend. He is going to get me his thoughts eventually, but obviously... We couldn't wait to upload an episode and start talking and start the conversation about this movie. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, I'll let you guys know before I'm going to start talking spoilers. And I'll just give like my general thoughts at first, and then I'll get into spoiler territory. But if you're on the fence about seeing this movie, go see it. I mean, like there's no no reason not to i'm sure you've all heard the positive feedback and the the good word of mouth this film is getting at this point i mean it started with like a 97 on rotten tomatoes which has probably gone down since but it's still amazing score i don't know what the the audience score is yet but good god like i I don't think there's any doubt about this being a top two ninja turtle movie you may even hear people say that they think it's the best Ninja Turtle movie and that's a perfectly valid take to be honest (laughs) like it was really really good so go out and see it Uh, I'll you know what let's just get into the thoughts so the soundtrack it was amazing I'm not the type of person who normally notices movie soundtracks but like all of the needle Drops worked fantastic, which isn't as easy as people think it is to do. Like There are plenty of examples out there of movies where the needle drops are awkward or cringeworthy, like the the first Suicide Squad movie. Good example of that. I know people have brought it up a bunch of times, but it just seems like the songs are in there for the sake of being in there and creating a soundtrack and not fitting the vibe, I guess is the way to say it, but this, they all absolutely work. All the songs that they put in there are fantastic choices. And the actual score to the movie is really good too. It actually reminded me, and obviously this film takes a lot from this franchise, but it reminded me a lot of the, into the spider verse score in a way, like there were a lot of shades of the prowler theme uh, coming through, but for the most part, the most of the music is actual songs and music, and and it it all works fantastic. This is a spoiler-free section, so I'm not going to go any further than that, but it's really good. The animation style perfectly fits the Turtles. I know some people can't get used to it with the Spider-Verse movies, again, comparing it to that. it's It's an obvious comparison to make because it's the same sort of style. It's a little different this time around, and... I feel like, which I didn't notice this in the Spider-Man, I do like those Spider-Man movies, I'll say that, but something that I didn't notice, and maybe it's because of the nature of Spider-Man's powers versus the way the turtles fight, is I feel like the fight scenes pop more with this style of animation, There's, there's something about the missing frames and kind of the rhythm that the animation gets into, that every hit, like every impact it it feels like a moment and you can actually follow everything that's going on in the fight scenes and it never becomes like a chaotic mess of just people swinging things and stuff exploding and you know some some of the marvel movies i feel like uh gets into that where there's too much going on on the screen at once and Sometimes that's, that's kind of the point of it. Like, end game. that's kind of the point. But, yeah, you never lose track of the action, and just something about this animation style, where it, it stutters, I guess is the best word for it, makes, like, Donatello hitting someone with a, a bow, like, it, it feels like a crack. Like, you feel the, the hit more. And I, I think that's very much because of the animation style. A lot of times... Like, I don't know, I already said this, like a lot of times fights can get overly complicated and this movie does not do that. I, again, we're in spoiler free, so it's hard for me not to talk about specific examples, but it 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 works. This animation style works for this franchise. And that's exactly why I was glad when they first announced it, by the way. You can, I'm sure, listen back to earlier episodes in Ninja Turtle Nerds when this first started to get rumored and and leaks in you know there were whispers of a new ninja turtle movie and there were whispers of two at some point we're still waiting on that other one cuz you remember there was like a live action ninja turtle movie that was supposed to be being made by um the some of the SNL writers and we still don't know really anything about that and then there was the cartoon movie and I remember saying back then that's why I was glad that it was going to be animated because I always had a lot of faith in what like the 2007 TMNT film was capable of if it was given a sequel or something because especially the end fight in that movie you can just do so much more in animation than you can in the rubber suits and we all love the rubber suits the 1990 film still my favorite and I'll talk more about that in a minute but there's a limitation to them and you'd never get fight scenes like mutant mayhem with live action. You, you just, unless you did a CGI, which is no longer live action, unless you did something like the Spider-Man homecoming movies do where you have like a, an acrobat, like Tom Holland do the motion capture and then you touch it up with CGI. But as far as just straight up rubber suits, you'd never get this. And I'm not saying like what they did in the 90 movie is impressive. I get that. They are doing backflips and all that, but not like this. And another thing I think is interesting about this animation style is even the humans look weird, which I wonder if that's supposed to be some sort of commentary or a theme about how the humans aren't actually all that different from the mutants you know they, they there's definitely a theme of inclusiveness in this movie and and acceptance and things like that so i think that's why the, the humans look a little mutant ish themselves some of them have like really long thick necks or some of them have like smushed faces or it, it's not it's not symmetrical asymmetrical it's it's like their faces even like even the people look kind of mutant ish so that's got to be intentional, and I think that's part of the, the the theme of the movie. The voice acting. Top notch. We're really getting some some good movies with voice acting this year. I know everybody was afraid of what the Mario Brothers movie was going to be, but I thought that had a lot of great voice acting in it as well. People wanted to, you know, hate on the Chris Pratt parade all they wanted, and, you know, what whatever's going on in his personal life. I liked the Mario Brothers movie. And I like this movie, the, the voice acting, it's the marketing for this movie spent a lot of time saying that they were going for like a Goonies stand by me kind of vibe. And part of me felt like that might just be empty words because I know as a Ninja Turtle fan, I've heard in the past, Oh, we're going to focus on the fact that they're teenagers. I think they said that a lot with the 2012 cartoon, which they did, but uh, we're going to focus on the fact that they're teen. It's like when a band makes a new album and like a like a metal band and every single time when they're promoting the new album they're like I think this is the heaviest mu- music we've ever made like they say it every single time i feel like this that's this for the ninja turtles when they say like oh we're going to focus on them being teenagers and and it's going to have like you know a teenage rom uh, not rom-com a teenage like 80s teen movie kind of vibe but in this case it wasn't just marketing it's true it, the movie does have A Goonies, Stand By Me, Sandlot type of vibe to it. It wasn't empty words just to sell tickets. It really, really does give off that type of feel. The relationships between the Turtles all feels as genuine, I think, as you can possibly get it. It doesn't get better than this. Splinter hits every line of dialogue of his out of the park, every line they give him is a memorable one and the rest of the cast great too you know we all i don't want to get too much into spoilers again but everyone else in the in the movie great job tons of easter eggs that's probably the last thing i have to say before i get into spoilers there are tons of easter eggs some within seconds of the movie starting but it's done in a perf it's not distracting Again, I feel like you have to compare these things to the Marvel movies a lot. So that's what I'm bringing up. But sometimes there's moments in a Marvel movie where if I don't get the Easter egg, I still know that something is an Easter egg. And I, I know exactly what to Google like, oh, what was that thing? Because of the way they'll they'll stop forward momentum to focus on something that doesn't matter to the story. But, like, the style they do it in, I'm, I'm like, well, I know that must be a reference to something in the comics. And none of that feels that way with this movie. It's all in there if you know what it is. But if you don't, you won't even know a reference just breezed past you. It won't even register. So, more movies need to learn from this how to do... Fan service, I guess you could call it like references to the source material without stopping everything. Like I feel like the back to the Super Mario Brothers movie, some of the things in that were a little out of place and you could tell it was just in there to reference a Super Mario Brothers thing. So this better example of that. Future movies, I know everyone in Hollywood is listening to me right now because of the writer's strike and they got nothing better to do. So listen to me. This is how you put in fan service in a movie. This is how you do Easter eggs. Watch this movie, learn from it. So now I think we can head into the spoilers territory. Last thing I'll say beforehand, if you're on the fence about seeing this movie, definitely go. I honestly don't think there's any chance you won't like it. If you like the Ninja Turtles, you will like this movie. There's no doubt in my mind there's something for every Turtle fan. Now, if you're one of those people who only want (laughs) R-rated Ninja Turtles, maybe. But if you liked any of the recent cartoon adaptations, be it Rise or the 2012 cartoon, or even going back to the 2007 movie... Like I said, I think this is a strong candidate for being the second best Ninja Turtle movie. I only rank the 1990 movie above it. Okay, so moving into spoilers. I think it is funny that this film actually has a lot of the same themes as the Platinum, Platinum Dunes movies. the What people call the Michael Bay quote-unquote movies. Like so much so that i was like you know there's things like the turtles There's just generic things like the turtles wanting to be accepted by humans and there was even a moment that reminded me of when Raphael gave his big speech in the first platinum dunes ninja turtles movie the one that's just called teenage Mutant ninja turtles or ninja turtles if you look at the posters that first first one with the big giant turtles um remember at the end when the tower was falling and Raphael's giving that big speech and he's like, I didn't, I love you guys. You guys are brothers. And I would never, I would love that. I can be beside you and blah. And then, um, and then they don't die and everybody laughs at him for it. There was a moment where this similar moment in this film. And yet it worked for me here. Like I didn't feel anything the last time they did that. And this time I was like, this is working. These characters have resonated with me. And it's like this movie showed those two movies how that stuff should have been done. This is the right way to do those ideas. There's there's also another moment that is practically the buck buck thing from, again, the first live action Turtles movie. Not Out of the Shadows, but the first one. Um, there's There's a lot of similarities here. Also moving into like they they steer away from the traditional way that Splinter in his origin kind of why he teaches the turtles ninjutsu and at first I thought oh they're doing the same thing as the Platinum Dunes where he's not he's not uh, Hamado Yoshi's pet and he's just is this like there was a second where I was like is there, is he really just going to like find a book in the sewer on ninjutsu and it's, I'm going to have the same complaint, but they don't do that. They do it a much better way in this, in this movie. And I was thinking about this movie's story compared to the original 1990 movie a lot, because I was trying to figure out mill. Maybe I do like, maybe this is my favorite turtles movie. It's just that good. But I think the story of the 1990 movie is impossible to beat. If you're going to, if your goal is to make the best Ninja Turtle movie ever made, I think you need to do a better version of that story somehow. Maybe, you know, cut out the Danny stuff. We don't need that. But that's the best Ninja Turtle story there is. The the first issue of the Mirage comics, which is basically what that and, you know, a little bit of the Leonardo one shot. And we've talked about this. Uh, That's the best stuff. So. This movie comes very close, but I think the connection to Shredder, it's so personal. And honestly, that's one of the very, very few criticisms I have of this movie, is it's lacking that personal vendetta element that the Turtles have always had. The whole Shredder and Splinter connection adds a layer to the villain that I don't think mutant mayhem has with Superfly. My major story criticism... Is this like I I, it's you know, I don't really have much else to say that every almost everything else about this movie is perfect. But the lack of the connection to Oroku Saki, the story they have here about Splinter teaching his son's ninjutsu to defend themselves again. It's better than the Platinum Dooms films where Splinter just teaches him because he found a book but I feel like they could have kept their traditional motivation and not altered this movie too much. They could have had splinters fear of humans start when he witnessed his owners. You don't even need to call him master, but his owner, there could have been a guy who owned a pet rat and he witnesses his murder. And that's all he understands. And maybe we as the fans understand that that's, Hamato Yoshi and Oroku Saki fighting, but to splinter because he's just a pet rat at this point. He just sees his owner murdered and then he's living on the streets and people still treat him bad, just like they do in the movie. So he trains his sons to defend themselves, just like in the movie. So you don't have to change too much, but you could still have a few years later, the turtles want to go to the human world and that could all play out the same way. And it just reaffirms to splinter that he can't trust humans that time when they go out as kids. And then he starts training them to defend themselves because he thinks like, maybe there are people worse than what we saw out there. Maybe there are more people like the guy who killed my owner. And if you just plant that little seed of that history in there, then, and again, getting into spoilers here. So stop now. But then the post-credits has more of a bite to it when you see that it's Shredder, and you know as an audience member that character is the same person that put the fear in Splinter to begin with, it's got a little bit more of an impact other than, okay, we know, we know you have to do Shredder eventually, so that's going to be the next movie, or the TV show, or one of the spinoffs, who knows. But you you could have Splinter talk throughout the movie about how the only good human that ever lived was his owner and the owner died. And then April could like say something that has this like repeat something that his owner said. And it makes him realize that she's a good person, too. And there are other good people out there. Um, Just a thought. I don't know. You don't even need any of the Tang Shen jealousy stuff with Hamato Yoshi and Oroku Saki because I always felt that that was something that would have been beyond Splinter's understanding when he was in rat form anyway. So just have the backstory of, I liked this guy, he gave me cheese, and then an angry human killed him, and we see the silhouette of Shredder's armor. And now when the silhouette of Shredder's armor pops up in the post-credits, it means something. But... Minor criticism, I know, but just something that has been going through my mind since I saw the movie. I'll also say I think April's character could have used a little more development. I think she was a little one note. It never got to the point where it was a problem, but she did feel like a little underdeveloped. Like I think it's the result of the fact that there were so many characters in this movie. It was a little bit of a bummer that after I walked away and thought about the film, I feel like all of April's dialogue was just her basically saying, like, okay, you guys are weird. Like that, like over and over and over and over again. And like it's like one tier above like someone being like awkward in a movie, like that that beat that's been overdone. And maybe they'll flesh her out more in the future because this is definitely a version of the Turtles that's gonna be around for a while. And again, I don't think it's that much of a negative. I just think it's the result of there being like 14 characters in this movie. The other casualty of that, unfortunately, I think, is Donnie. Donatello feels like the least developed of the four turtles. Raphael gets rage moments, and they make references to him having anger problems. Mikey gets to be the goofy one, and there's all that stuff with the improv training. Leonardo's the most developed of the four. He gets all his leadership moments, and he's got the whole April thing going on. He's kind of the most developed turtle, but Donatello, he never fixes a water heater. (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't does machines yet. So they and they they do make a few references to him like gaming and like computer stuff, but I don't feel like if this was your first time seeing a Ninja Turtle anything, you'd walk away and be like Donatello is the tech guy in the group or Donatello is the nerd of the group or anything that you would classify Donatello as. I don't think a new audience would would get that impression. I love that the turtles are a family though. They don't try to do the infighting like falling out drama that we've seen. I've said on this podcast, we've seen Leo versus Raph enough at this point and they smartly focus on outside problems instead of infighting in the turtles. We don't need any more of that. We've seen it and I honestly hope the next film can do the same. Like we don't, need leo versus Raph. maybe in the third one it'll be time to bring it back but i could use a break from the turtles you know breaking up like a boy band for a while i i I like them together and they don't it's not necessary it's almost like they treat it like well you gotta have a part in the story where they all don't like each other and they decide that they don't want to be friends anymore and it's like you it is a trope but you don't have to do it So this movie proves you don't have to do it, and hopefully they keep going that way. Another thing in my notes here, I think this is one of the best splinters we've ever had. He steals every scene he's in. I've said it above in the earlier notes that every line of dialogue, really good. I do kind of prefer Wise Splinter to Silly Splinter, and this leans more in the Silly Splinter direction, but of all the Silly Splinter we've had, this is the best Silly Splinter. I think the 2012 Splinter might be my favorite period, but this one's up there. And speaking of the humor, the jokes in the movie were all really good. And I'm usually a big critic of that sort of thing. It all felt natural. There was nothing that I felt was a forced line or a forced joke or or lazy writing is another way to put it. Nothing felt lazy. It was it was all really good. And another big point for me is I like that the stakes of this movie didn't really hinge on like a save the world situation And before, if you've seen the movie already, you say I'm wrong. Here's what I'm saying. Technically, Superfly's plan is kind of a mutate everyone in the world thing. But the movie kills that pretty quickly in the third act in favor of the real ending where he Godzilla's all over the place. And it's really the mutants versus the Godzilla thing destroying the one city. He's no longer has he no longer has the ability to mutate everybody so the turtles versus that one enemy feels a lot better than stopping him from blowing up the earth and the best superhero movies do this spider-man spider-man 2 technically Otto octavius isn't trying to destroy new york in that movie Peter's the one who knows his experiment will result in New York being destroyed but Otto thinks it's going to work like he doesn't think he's about to blow up the city. So not having like a world ending stakes and having it be more of a a one-on-one well it's not really a one-on-one battle but having the battle be more focused is really good. I think a lot of superhero movies these days overcomplicate things. The OG Turtles movie It ends with the rooftop fight after they get their father back. It's personal. And I feel like this is heading in the right direction in terms of that. There's no like mutant army to fight like in the Avengers movies or uh, the parademons and the Justice League movie and stuff like that. Like it, it or Aquaman had a lot of these movies now have those giant armies. So I'm really glad that it wasn't fighting giant armies in New York again. And then one of my last notes here, I don't know if this is a positive or a negative. I just think it's an interesting choice that Bebop and Rocksteady are basically on the good guy's side at the end. Like, that's something we've barely seen from these characters. It's happened, like, a little bit here and there, but I don't know if this is going to be instantly reversed in the spinoff movie or a tv show or something but it still felt like a strong choice to me to have bebop and rocksteady in the sewer lair being like you know friendly with the rest of the the good guy cast so just throwing it out there i don't really have much to say about it and my last point can we just do this for ghostbusters please Stop with the live-action movies. Not that I don't like them. I liked the last one. The new one's not out yet. But do something like this. Like, imagine a killer Ghostbusters movie with, like, the boogeyman from the real Ghostbusters as the villain. Like, animation could do so much for that franchise. And and you could have the original Ghostbusters, which is what most people want to see. You could mix it up. You could have, like... I read all of the IDW Ghostbusters comics. There's some good stories in there that could be done in an animated movie. But that's that's not Ninja Turtles, so so I don't know when Sean is sending his take in. I actually forgot to ask him when he's seeing the movie, but uh, it'll be you'll have it at some point this week. I'll upload his. So you'll get his thoughts on the movie eventually. I want to take a second here to talk about where Ninja Turtle Nerds, the podcast, is heading, though. We still have a few bonus episodes left before we start Season 4. A few people have reached out and asked why we don't have any new new Ninja Turtle Nerd episodes, even though we're able to put out Nintendo Therapy, which is our other podcast every week. And so I just wanted to comment on that. It, it comes down to how much preparation each show takes. I can literally Google the words Nintendo news, like an hour before we record Nintendo therapy. If I wanted to, I haven't, it hasn't gotten to that point yet, but it's basically that different. Like we're just talking about what people are talking about in terms of Nintendo. And then just having a conversation with each other about like what we were playing that week. Like that's that podcast. If you, if it sounds interesting, go check it out. But it's not what's stopping new Ninja Turtle Nerd episodes right now. Because Ninja Turtle Nerds, it takes a little bit more research. You know, I like doing This Month in Entertainment. Uh, I, you have to read the comic. You have to reread the comic to take notes. And just little things. It doesn't kill me. It's just that that's kind of why we're not launching right into Season 4 right away. And we're doing some bonus episodes that also take a lot of work. Like, the next episode we upload is going to be our movie math on Turtles Forever. So, you know, I have to watch the movie very slowly while taking notes for something like that. It takes a few hours, and then we have to record the episode, and then I have to edit the episode. So, yeah, this is the show of our two shows that takes a little more editing. So that's that's why Nintendo Therapy has a new episode every week, and this one has been kind of chugging along here. We will eventually get into season 4 where we're coming at you more regularly. So, we've got Turtles Forever, we've got the Batman Ninja Turtles movie, and we're going to do a breakdown of the Last Ronin, which I'm sure everybody wants to hear. So, those three bonus episodes left, plus I might be forgetting one other thing, I don't know. And then we'll be back with season 4. So, Thank you all for listening to about half an hour of me rambling about a movie that, I don't know, I don't, you don't need to know what I think about this movie. It's not going to affect how you think about the movie, But um, but I'm glad you all listened to our podcast. I don't know what's going on with the social medias right now. I'm trying to use Twitter a lot less because... I think they changed the algorithm. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like it is showing me more of the stuff I don't go online for. So I'm using Twitter a lot less, and Instagram. I never really got into. Maybe we'll start a Facebook group. I don't know. Or uh, what are the? What's that thing that I don't know how it works? The um um a Discord server. I don't know, but because I, I like talking with our listeners. And I like, I wish we could have like more of an open communication. If you do want to talk with Sean and I on Reddit, we have a Nintendo therapy thing going over there. We just go into the Nintendo therapy subreddit and we're always talking on there. If you're listening to us on Spotify, they actually have a new feature now where you can leave a comment down below. So comment down below. If you saw mutant mayhem, what are your thoughts on the movie? Other than that, go see mutant mayhem. I want this movie to make a lot of money because it deserves it. And I want another turtles movie like this. So we will be back soon with our, well, first we'll be back with Sean's thoughts on mutant mayhem later this week. And then we'll be back with the movie math on turtles forever. So we will see you then. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.